Welcome back to CyberSpark, a podcast by Exclusive Networks. Episode one was hugely insightful in talking about the alliance between Rubric and Palo Alto Networks. In episode two, we're going to delve a little deeper into that and take a look at who this alliance was developed for and discuss the importance of evolving and adapting solutions for the end user. We're fortunate to still be joined here today by Richard Fox and Chris Beckett. Welcome back, guys. So let's kick things off by talking about what kind of business this Rubric and Palo Alto Networks Alliance will work with, who they are, and why this solution is ideal for them. What kind of a business does this Rubric and Palo Alto Networks solution work best for? Is it an enterprise kind of business? And why specifically for those kind of businesses? So, again, larger companies you get, more challenges you face. You're going to have more and more data sets. You're going to have more and more security events. You have more and more employees just doing stuff. But again, it, it depends on how productive you are. So if you are creating lots of information, lots of data, and you've got a lot of high IP, these are the sort of solutions you need because it's that is your risk. You've got so much valuable stuff you're creating, so much stuff you're working with, that as a bad guy, if I want to cause you damage and chaos, that's what I'm going to go after. I don't have to go after the Barclays of the world. I can go after a uh, the King's mobile app developer guys. If I take down their mobile apps and they can't build anymore, that's their entire source of income gone. And those guys are IPO. There's lots of companies out there which might not be massive, but they've got such high IP, such high data value, that actually they are a target. Um, and the only way to deal with it, because they've got such a, a dispersed network, they're going to have remote workers, they're going to have different dev teams, they're going to have different security teams, they're going to have different backup teams, different management data management teams. You need a way of managing all of that. And it, it comes down to time. If companies are having a challenge with managing their resources and their time efficiently, this is where this can help hugely. Because at the end of the day, everything we talk about, you can do it manually. There is always a way of doing it um, without buying technologies, but it's just... You just don't have the time to do it. Um, if everything was open source and you could do everything with open source, you would do because it's free. But the challenge there is you can't because there, there isn't the ability to manage it all, there isn't the ability to look after it all, and there's no way of actually managing your time more efficiently. And I guess what it comes down to is we're trying to save people time. We're trying to give people the ability to do their job better, quicker, and smarter. At least that's how I view the world. I think you make a really interesting point there, Richard, is that... Um... You know, talking about startups and enterprises, it's two very different challenges, isn't it? Because typically with enterprises, they'll be very siloed. You know, I've worked for financial services organizations and they've got a storage team and a Windows team and a Linux team and everyone's kind of got this little silo. And it's hard to cross that chasm when, when something really bad happens. But similarly, the, the challenge from a startup point of view is, as you said, it's very distributed. People can be on different continents. Um, there's kind of software as a service in play as well. They, they, they tend to be a lot more um, you know, modern in the way that they use cloud and technology. So it, it's the same kind of issue, but, it, but a different kind of problem. And the way those teams are laid out, how can you bridge that chasm and how can you you know enable them to respond to threats quicker using automation and using tool sets and uh, yeah I, I think there's there's a really interesting difference with startups and enterprises but ultimately it comes back to the same issues yeah fantastic so we've spoken um a, quite a lot about you know the the extra value that 
um, the customer would be getting from this solution, you know, saving time, saving money. What are some of the other main benefits that they could see from this um, rubric and Palo Alto network solution? So part of it would be the ability, well, no, a big part of it is that ability to have that prevent the detect and response. Um, if you ever come up with a security strategy, you need to think about those three areas. How do I prevent the attack? How can I detect the attack when it's happening? Because like I said, nothing's going to be 100%. And how do I actually respond? Um, and again, it's, uh, as Chris was mentioning near the start, it's how do I actually build out that blueprint? How do I have a simple, repeatable blueprint? And this is just a starting point of it, but it actually gives people a place to begin from um, of how do I make sure I'm up and running? Think about ransomware. It's not just about paying the fine. It's not about just losing data. It's actually the downtime. It's how long am I not working for? If you are a always connected, always selling organization or always trying to have to communicate and you can't do your job for two, three hours, how much money is that? Think about OT. If you are a, uh, a beer bottle manufacturing plant and you suddenly can't make bottles for a few hours because you've got an issue of ransomware challenges, um, such as um, uh, OT devices going down because from a cyber attack, the impact isn't just, oh, I've got to pay the fine. It's what's that production cost? What's that not being able to do my job cost? And it's how do I have a strategy to say, this is what we do. Um, we've, we've talked a bit about the time savings side of it, but it's actually, I need something I can use. It's no point having all the best solutions in the world. If I can't use them as a team, there's just no, there's no synergy. There's no way to actually deliver what I need to do. And so again, people need these great technologies, but actually the ability to use them. And this alliance gives people that capability. It gives people who may not be au fait with data management, the ability to use that concept and have it all plugged in and have a simple API, or vice versa, if they're very au fait with data management, how do I understand what the security ramifications and how can I have a state of prevention with my different technologies? How can I make sure that my data is being protected? Or at least if something has happened, what can I do about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to recover from the horror of uh, the thought of beer running out. But um, just from my point of view as well is uh, I think if thinking about it from an end user point of view, it's it's nice to have the ability to be able to consume APIs and roll your own and do some customization. But that's not that's not everybody's cup of tea, unfortunately. And some people want off the shelf plug in solutions that they can use. But then over and above that, if you're a consumer of these products, what happens if I need help with it? If I need support with it? Is it going to be kept up to date? The, these sorts of things are really pivotal in, in enterprise deployments. And the fact that the integration we have with Cortex is built um, is built internally within Rubrik. It's published on um, the Cortex marketplace. Um, it's regularly updated by us. It's supported both by Palo Alto and by Rubrik. gives you the confidence that this is not something that's been written once as a piece of open source thrown onto GitHub and forgotten about. Um, it's something, it's a living thing, it's organic. Um, we're adding capabilities to our uh, Cortex um, integrations all the time. And, a, and, a, and a, a kind of coming example of that is gonna be that the threat hunting capability within the backups will be able to do that um, via the connection with, with Cortex XO. So there's a lot of really great stuff happening. And, and as I think the key thing is, like I say, it's a living thing. It's not it's not kind of right once, tick a box and abandon it sort of thing. Yeah, that's an important point, actually. I mean, so many vendors I've seen over the years where the integration is a one-off because their friend, their kids play sports together. That's the reason why they have any sort of alliance. It is a growing, constant integration, constantly changing, constantly evolving, which is good from an end user perspective because it means that I'm not invest investing something that's going to be 
useless in a year's time. It's a constantly new solution. It's constantly looking at how I'm doing with the latest attacks, the latest data challenges, and how can I minimise my risk? Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Chris. I think our channel partners will agree just how important it is to constantly grow and develop to keep an eye on the ever-changing threat landscape that we all operate within. Unfortunately, we're running out of time once again, so we'll close the discussion here. Please join us for episode three, where we'll look at how end users are already benefiting from adopting this method within their organisations.